So I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. Welcome to a new episode of Ho Ho Hong Kong. I'm your host, Mohamed Magdi, and I'm sitting here with my buddy, my co-host, and my best friend in the whole world. Uh, For the next hour. Uh, ben. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what's ma, your name ma, again? Ma ben Ben. Ma Ben Ben. <laughs> I'll go with that one, just in case okay. we talk about topics ma like Ben Ben Vufuani. <laughs> exactly. I will take that. <laughs> so I am Vivek Mabobani over here. Um, and yeah, we're doing the podcast again. It's the Ho Ho Hong Kong time. Yeah, buddy. Um, I'm very excited for this one because uh, our guest is a very special uh, guest, uh, friend of mine. Uh, I've, I've known this guy for many years. Actually, you know, I used to see you before I moved to uh, Hong Kong. I would come down from Shanghai and I would come and, and have a bite, but we never really uh, spoke. Okay. Uh, but before we get into the guest, uh, now we're just a little teaser. Guy makes amazing food. Uh, what are you up to, uh, Vivek? Uh, Me, recently? actually, uh, so I just had lunch, so this is perfect. <laughs> this is a good good segue into uh, talking about food. But uh, for me, recently, uh, we did shows. Mm. I had the show at, uh, I was hosting Tim Chan's show the other oh, day. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a really mixture of a local crowd. Right. So I think the comics kind of struggle sometimes when it's mostly locals. Yeah. It's just with the adjustment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not used to it, right? Yeah, they're not used to yeah. it. Because, but also, like, it's funny because Tim Chan is one of my favorite comedians. He's really funny, but he relies on the English like his English not being so good yeah but when his audience is mostly other locals they're like okay well his English sounds great yeah we understand it <laughs> yeah, exactly so where you, are the jokes are you saying all our English is bad it's like we understood him <laughs> where, do you, where do we find you Mohammed? oh yeah if I find me uh, on Instagram at the other Mohammed. how about you uh, at funny Vivek sometimes without the letter and depends on your mood type it with are there whatever. any other Viveks in, Chang- in Hong Kong uh, there are other Viveks but they're not funny <laughs> so let's <laughs> leave funny. it at that like, yeah okay <laughs> yeah fair enough so let's get to our guest. So our guest today is uh, Sharbel Asaf. Sharbel, uh, he runs Beirut Bistro with his three brothers, Joseph, um, Chris, and fuck. I knew yeah. I'm going to miss one, Pierre. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just to clarify, everybody, a lot of people that will, must have already eaten at your place, many people may not know the name of it, but they'll know the location of it. Yeah. People like, usually they're half drunk with uh, that place in the corner over there. So Linda's Terrace. Yeah. At the corner of Linda's Terrace and Hollywood Road, you'll see this beautiful place called Be- uh, Beirut Bistro. Correct. And yeah. you go down there, look at the menu, just randomly pick something and it's tasty. Yeah. That's how it works, yes. right? You guys have been here since, what, 1994? Well, Joseph is the one who arrived first in Hong Kong in nine, early 90s. Mm. And he started a restaurant called Beirut in Languifong. Okay. So that was one of the first Lebanese establishments in Hong Kong. Hmm. And uh, Joseph is the eldest, right? Joseph is the oldest brother. Right, okay. And uh, what was, do you, wh- when did you arrive to Hong Kong? Well, I visited one time in uh, 96, 97. Mm. And then I'm, uh, I've been living here continuously since 2000, end of 2000. Where were you living before, when you were visiting, where, where you home, what was home for you? I was Lebanon because I was still studying. So I finished my studies and, and I, uh, I decided to move and join my brothers because... The situation in Lebanon did not look good that time, and it's not looking good this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it didn't look good back Bo, then. Both sent me a crash cut video of 15 minutes. I've yeah. done all the extensive research. I know everything about Lebanon at the moment. Yeah. I know there are issues. I know the, 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 the currency crisis. I pretty much, yeah. You, I mean, like, uh, what, what do you want? We what actually you brought know? you here so we can educate you about <laughs> Lebanon. <laughs> thank, so. you. Yeah. thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, we yeah, I've been missing all these news uh, for the past uh, two <laughs> well, years now. Well, you're stuck behind the counter every night until what? When do you finish work? Well, I, we do finish earlier now than before because okay. of COVID, yeah. thanks to COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We used to finish very late. Now we're finishing the latest around 3 a.m. in the weekends. The, oh, it used to be longer. It used to be late, yes. Probably 5 seven, in the morning. Oh, seven. 7, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. We wanted you do to make breakfast sure, at this point? No, but we wanted to make sure nobody goes home hungry. Yeah, so, look at you right. caring for the community. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for, for the drunk community, let's clarify that. Yeah, because you're... Well, no breakfast. So like, oh, you yeah. care about the drunk guys. <laughs> here's a question for you because you have been on the same corner since when? Like this location? Yeah, 1998. Right. Okay. So when did Peel Street become like the new hotspot? Peel Street became the uh, new hotspot, I think, during the protest. Oh, so quite recently. Became very popular because Mm. no protests were happening there Mm. and became very convenient for 
the resident just to come downstairs and mm. party and go upstairs and sleep. True. It's a very smart location, <coughs> Peel Street, because like over there, what you have, you have stairs. Mm. You have a whole bunch of stairs, so then automatically you stay for one more drink. Right. Because you're yeah. like, if I want to do that, I got to have one more beer in me. I can't right. do that. And then by, by the second beer, you're like, oh, I got to have some food. And bam, there's Beirut Bistro. Yeah. Like, boom, I got kebabs. No, let me ask you this. So back then, you guys were the only kebab guys, right, in that corner. Well, we started there in 2000. There were nothing happening after midnight. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, everything exactly. was happening in Languefong. Mm. People will come from like Languefong all the way to our place to eat. Yeah. And in 2001, 2002, this is when things start to happen on very close to our place. Yeah. The drop opened and other... Uh, oh, drop, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little corner, a little, little, little dive bar kind of thing. Like really, you have to, drop is one of these places that you have to be kind of like special to know where it is. Yes. Is it one of these places that like there is like an old lady uh, with like a wooden door or something and you have to whisper something to her <laughs> yeah. ear? No, there's so a lady like with door. tarot cards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, you get like, yeah, you lucky? Yeah, yeah. you <laughs> go in and drop, yeah. Yeah, that time GPS wasn't so popular, so people needed a guide to get to drop. Yeah. So is it still around or no? It's still there, right? Drop uh, it. Yeah, it's in the no, Unfortunately, they closed the business last uh, year, oh. end of last year. Oh, okay. damn. You Someone didn't even know. You don't party there, yeah. anymore. I don't party enough. Man. I dropped out of the drop scene. <laughs> yes. Good nice. choice. Hey, comedy, everyone. Hey. <laughs> hey, check it out. Check it out. <laughs> so he we, didn't hear that. You didn't hear it. Doesn't matter. Ah, okay, no <laughs> he just did a, like a silly effect. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. So, so just to let everybody know, to all our Patreon subscribers who are there, we're actually using new equipment today. Oh yeah, thanks to all the Patreon for real though. We dig yeah. around a lot, uh, but we're really, really grateful. We have beautiful new equipment. Actually, for the picture for this episode, we should include the equipment. Yeah, we will just for actually. the Patreons, not for the free ones. Yeah, yeah, the free ones. So I want to. You're listening to something you didn't pay for right now. Yeah, exactly. People. So please subscribe to our. <laughs> Patreon page. No, but thank you so much to all the patrons. Actually, next week we should remember also have a list of names, yeah, so we can thank them. Uh, but yeah, we have new mics, we have a new equipment. I can hear myself as well. New glass, yeah. new uh, glasses, exactly. <laughs> right? new, new guest. New <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, we okay. paid his coffee. So, exactly. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> to the patrons. Actually, I didn't pay for it. The patrons yeah, yeah, exactly. did. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So coming back, you were saying that. So then that corner, pretty much Peel Street, opened up, and then people would come into your place for food. It was, it's a common thing, right? Drinking and kebabs, and basically. Yes. Like, that yes. kind of food but do you get a lot of people that basically go there and are really picky with their food you know the type like I don't want the lettuce can I have it this way do you have like those customers yeah some people some people are like uh, I found out many people are, don't like raw uh, tomatoes oh really for a reason they love any cook but not uh, in their kebabs Huh. Huh, so no raw it's a little bit, uh, and they they become so fussy when they see it in their kebab. Yeah, when we don't take it out. Right. <laughs> That's so weird because like obviously back poison. home we like we eat our kebabs with raw tomato all the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And even shawarma back home in Egypt. Yes. It's not really raw, but it's mixed with the shawarma meat, but it's also not really cooked either. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so wh- why do you think that is? Like because apparently you see it many times, right? Maybe they were. Uh, they don't like tomato. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I maybe, maybe they want like if I'm paying this price, you better cook everything. Right. Like, so I got raw tomato at home. Make them work for it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I want to see you double fan fry that. Ow, I'm feeling good. That tastes better now. <laughs> okay. So you uh, you come from a pretty big family, right? Like how many siblings are you in total? Because you came here with three we other brothers. N- yes, we are nine. Oh, oh my god do you, Three so, brothers and three so sisters I was already trying to I, I mean, messed six up brothers. Yeah, I was like, I'll do the math I'm like wait a second I'm like, three, <laughs> three, You have nine Like what Three invisible siblings You're like Okay kids We have food for everyone So like, this is your parents Trick on you Like six yes. siblings And like we're gonna Split this amongst nine Yeah Wait where did the other three go Oh you're somewhere I already messed up The names of his Him and his three brothers yeah. Earlier Do you remember All nine names uh, not all the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, uh, the four of you are here, obviously. I know all of you guys. Who, where are the other... Fuck, where's the <laughs> other five? Other, other five. Yeah, where are the other five? We have one sister in Canada. Yeah. Two sisters still in Lebanon. Yeah. And two brothers in USA. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So, so okay. So, uh, touching on the Lebanese politics a little bit. Lebanon has a population of, what, three million inside the country? Yeah, close to yeah, three point five million. And ten million outside of the country, is it, or a, is it more a now? A little bit more now. Oh my God, is that? And like the number the, is increasing. Right, is that obviously is, there is a lot of political and historical stuff that led to this point? But is that the country with the most 
like expats outside of its own population yeah ever? i think we are one of uh, those countries where you have more Lebanese yeah. overseas than in the I like how itself. your family reflects that statistic as well. Like exactly. you only have two in Lebanon, everyone yeah. else is in the USA and Canada and Hong Kong. Like, all right, most yeah, of us get out, two of you stay. Small sample of Lebanese families. You have yeah. them right. all over. Yeah. Okay. And so your brother first came here. Did he come with the purpose of op- opening a restaurant in Hong Kong or what was he doing here, Joseph? Yeah, that was the purpose of his visit to Hong Kong because he was living in England when Hong Kong was still a British colony. Okay. And Hong Kong was basically develop, uh, like start to become the place to be mm. in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And that's when he decided to come over right. and start the business with some friends who mm. lived here in Hong Kong. Okay, were they Lebanese as well? <coughs> yeah, one of them was Lebanese, others were not, weren't. So mm. this is how it started. Okay, and so he moved here and then he opened the business on Lang Kwai Fang. Did he tell you any stories about what Lang Kwai Fang was like back then? Well, I think believe, uh, Lang Kwai Fang was the only place for expat or anyone to come and uh, have drink and party. Uh, yeah, yeah drink and it pa- was and like the place. All these uh, uh, foreign cuisines. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Outside like, Lang Kwai Fang, everything was mostly local cuisines. Yeah, yeah. You would have. A, I mean, you just have some foreign like in the hotels and everything. But Lang Kwai Fang <laughs> was the place like you wanted to kind of have like that that Friday Saturday night yes. out. That's the place to go to. Like there yeah. was no like oh we go to Shim Sai Shui for a change. There's no change. Yeah, it's this or nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. Okay, so he came from England. You came from Lebanon. Yes. Uh, what about the two, uh, Chris and uh, Pierre? From Lebanon as well. Okay. Yeah, we all So used. was it like Joseph was really established and then he decided to pull the family one by one? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> He's like, follow me, follow this way. <laughs> yeah, imagine if I just grow the comedy club to be so big that I was just getting my brothers to come work <laughs> exactly. for me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. I, I, did he have like a good proper salary and everything? He's like, family don't get paid. In the beginning when he first came here to work with Joseph, yes. were they like just kind of family helping each other out kind of a deal? A uh, little bit in the beginning, but it was also like to start something together because we, even back in Lebanon, mm. we we worked together every summer. We used to have our own little uh, summer business, yeah, just for the brothers to stay together and make some money. Oh yeah, some projects. Before we right? go back to school or university. Okay, yeah. So back in a young age, you were already like, let's let's make money. Let's yeah. make money. Yeah, together. yeah. I mean, because when we were growing up, we were we had war at the same time. So. Yeah. You don't want to get involved with all this nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah Because yeah. for us, war wasn't our problem. Yeah. It wasn't our interest because it's not us who did all that. Yeah. <clears throat> so we wanted, my parents wanted us to stay on the right track and look for the future, not just uh, basically lose everything because of... So your parents uh, wanted to retire earlier, like, like, focus on the part you can make money for us, right? We don't care about the other part. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's kind of like Chinese parents, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing. I'm like, this is like, identical. Yeah. Right? And like every Chinese family that usually goes somewhere else, the best way to make money, make a restaurant, just sell your own food. Yeah. I'm cooking at home anyway. So make people pay for that. Yes. Were uh, you guys in the F&B? Uh, like, was the family in the F&B before you started... Uh, here or no no it was more just like summer hobby okay summer thing summer thing to do huh. I'm, I'm i'm agricultural engineer so my background is where to get all the raw material for restaurants <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> but like now i know where they end up yeah <laughs> in the stomach of everyone <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, what was it like because your staff uh, aside from you and your brothers your staff are filipino right yes okay what was it like teaching because obviously in the philippines i imagine they, they don't really know the middle eastern cuisine that well well, that's true. But that's why you see us all the time at the restaurant because we know that uh, you can't count 100% on the staff. Right. There will always be something special or to make it uh, taste always Lebanese. Yeah. So sometimes we have special requests from uh, customers who've been uh, in the Middle East. Yeah. So, so they, they want know something shit. authentic yeah. or traditional uh, with this, without this. Yeah. So we make sure that they get what they ask for. Right. But what was it like teaching someone from such a different culture uh, a cuisine that they might have not even heard of? Well, you know, because we we come, like I said, none of us is a chef. Right. So we taught the staff how we, 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 we learn how to cook. Right. So basically we made it simple. We prepare everything. Mm. All they have to do is just cook and serve. Mm. So marination-wise, preparation is made by us. So mm. you guys are still very involved. Yes, in, yes, okay. yes, yes. Which leads me actually to the next question. You and your three brothers... Uh, what is the separation of roles there? Because I see you all, obviously there are shifts, right? Yes. Sometimes people are in the morning or the afternoon, but do you all do different things or do you all do the same thing at different times? Uh, no, no, we do uh, almost uh, different things. Yeah, okay, and so what is the separation there? The, yes, there yeah. is. 
Like I'm more involved in the cooking and preparation of recipes. Okay, Joseph, you're more uh, hands-on. Yes. Okay. Joseph is basically uh, managing the place, the, the boss, daily operation. <laughs> hey, make sure the place and stays. Yeah. yeah. Pierre is in more into the uh, office paperwork. So okay. Oh, uh, okay. And the younger okay. brother is just a backup. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you have been recently. Every time I pass by, Chris is just eating. It's hilarious. <laughs> so he's a quality controller, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So far, so good. Today, yeah. I'll let you pass. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, he goes on openrice.com. Terrible guys. You know, I'm one Chris of the is also like, because, uh, because Sherbel has is a very social guy. Like, he's the guy that everyone knows, and he's kind of like behind the counter talking to everyone. Chris is my favorite because he's just talk, like just by himself in the corner yeah. and 100% of the time he's just eating. <laughs> so he doesn't want to waste his time. He has other places to visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I mean, hey, don't let the food go to waste, right? Yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, the raw tomatoes are sitting there. Someone do something. Exactly. Yeah. Get to work. True. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. So let me let me tell you this though. Uh, Sherba, like, so when you came to Hong Kong, you started working at the restaurant and everything. But I also see, like you said, you have a different background with the agricultural yes. studies and everything. And also in what, 2003 was it? Uh, we yeah. did that. So just personal so you know, training course, yes. yeah, we did this personal training course. I want yeah. you, everybody, the listeners to go Google pictures of us. Okay. <laughs> and imagine us telling you one more rep. One more rep. Exactly. <laughs> we were in a personal training a training course where we had to do all the stuff, right? Learning yes. anatomy, do the exercise, and did you, you got the full certification, right? Yes. We, yeah, yeah, I same. Did yeah, we, we got the full thing as well. So technically, is it still valid? No. <laughs> no, no, you have to renew it. Yeah, looking at, both, yeah. looking at both of you, it's not valid. Yeah. Every two years, you got to renew it. I would not want to hire either of you as my personal <laughs> exactly. trainer. Exactly. <laughs> like I tell people, I'll pay you to let me be your trainer. No, no, it's nah. cool. I like my body so far. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your, your work, not happening, exactly. man. <laughs> so back then, so why was the interest in, in personal training? Was it part to do with like just your own personal interest or like well, something to do with the restaurant? I've, I've always been involved in sports since yeah. uh, school time. Yeah, yeah. And that time, I remember 2003... We had SARS. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think the the government of Hong Kong was asking everyone to boost their immune system, and that the only way to boost that is through healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And I think it became a big trend that time to to work out, to eat healthy, be outdoors, so just to stay fit. Yeah, yeah. Can and we go back to that instead of the vaccinations that don't work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go well, back. I to think that. Uh, this is what I did this last year and now because yeah. I know that it worked before yeah. to be outdoor to be to oh, stay yeah, fit, yeah, yeah. and I'm still doing it. Which uh, is why your restaurant is kind of semi-open space, so you're yes. outdoor technically, right? Exactly. exactly. I mean, look at this guy. Any smart. time of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Save on the air conditioning. Hey, don't look at me, man. It was, it was the weather. You know, blame the weather. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever think of shifting careers after you did personal training that you just stay a personal trainer and leave the restaurant? I did do personal training for part-time mm. until 2016. Oh, wow. So for so how long? I was long involved for, for some time. Yeah. Wow. But I had to leave uh, Hong Kong for a couple of years. That's mm. why I stop it now. Oh. Yeah. But I was involved for almost 12 years. Wow. Years. So you had your own customers and yes, your own yes, routine yes, and yes. everything. Wow, that's good. Were you less involved in the restaurant then? Uh, I was doing both. Yeah, less involved in the restaurant mm. because I had to wake up sometimes very early in the day to, to do uh, PT yeah. sessions. Did you ever tell your customers, your clients, for screen, be like, oh, high-protein diets are important? Yeah, so, that uh, was part of my... The <laughs> so, of so my root bistro after. <laughs> yeah. If you want lean food or yeah, yeah. low-calorie, low-fat, yeah. yeah. uh, well-designed uh, meals, come yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our tomatoes are raw or cooked, depending <laughs> what you prefer. <laughs> How bad do you feel about... You used to make people lose weight, now you're helping them gain weight. <laughs> no, actually... If, uh, no, not really. I You're fattening them up no, 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 after no, no. they get it, drunk. It, it depends on how you eat it, right? Like yeah, it exactly, on, yeah, exactly. Calorie in, calorie like, out. Like me, yeah, you're getting... Because <laughs> yeah. like you show up at 4 a.m., I'm like, ah, I just put it all in my face. Yeah, so if you eat like Chris, then yeah, you're definitely going to run away. Yeah, but if you eat like me, yeah, then you, you go. you're good. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing because obviously I've been in Asia for almost 10 years now. And I, I would always try every country I go to in Southeast Asia or in general, I always try to try the Middle East cuisine just to see how close it is. Yeah. And yours, honestly, and not because I have already known you, yours is the closest it, I could find to the original stuff because I've been to Lebanon as well. And I know what Lebanese yes. food should taste like. Yours and Maison Lebanais, actually. I really like them as well. It's quite expensive and not a plug. Yeah. But, you know, they're great as well. But everything else is like, eh. Even I've been to Egyptian Lebanese restaurants in Tokyo and Bangkok. It's always kind of off. Well, I think most of the time people try to use ingredients 
available in the country where they are. Mm. And this is where you start missing or lacking the original taste. Mm. Mm. So, so you import we most do import things. all all the spices Everything. needed for yes. For oh wow! Cooking. So that's, that's good what, to know, man. Yeah, I, eat those raw tomatoes, people. <laughs> yes, they are proper, authentically raw tomatoes. So how does it make you feel though when you see like a lot of other kebab shops open up and then you just you know I'm, I'm, I'm sure the general public don't really know how to appreciate the authenticity in the food. But does it bother you? Are you kind of like well whatever you know I don't really mind. No, not really because every shop has its his its own identity now. Yeah. Uh, some it's like uh, some people like kids they only like their mother food yeah, 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 yeah. and some kids when you invite them out they don't like it because it doesn't taste like mother food so save for us people come if they like it they stay with us they don't like it they go somewhere else and Hong Kong is uh, uh, offers a lot of choices mm. like in general like for example our food is not spicy yeah mm. people who like spicy food when they come to us they don't feel like they are enjoying the meal because it's not spicy enough for them. Mm. They go somewhere where they can be spicier. Is that a conscious decision on your part to not have spicy food? Well, no, it's, that's the Lebanese. Like I said, we, we're doing traditional Lebanese food, right. so it's not spicy. To be honest, I don't remember in Lebanon eating anything that spicy, no. so you're probably right. So yeah. we, we try, because like I said, we are not... Uh, um, we don't come from culinary background. Yeah. Just we enjoy eating. It's home food, yeah. 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 So we cook it the way we like to have it, and that's how we serve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, but then during all these years, though, you must have had people come up to you and kind of maybe complain and compliment and everything. Do you remember like someone that was really a really strong impression where someone was like, "Wow, I needed this tonight." Like this, this was exactly it hit the spot. Was there any clients that I mean customers that came and said, "Oh, I needed this taste in my mouth. I, I miss home." Have yeah. you had that? Especially with COVID, people can't travel. Do you have a lot of people come up and say, "Oh, thank you. I needed this to remind me of the good old days." Yes, that's true. Especially with our garlic sauce. That's <laughs> unforgettable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's what right. makes the, uh, the the special touch on our food is the garlic sauce we have. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there just like a secret ingredient or except just, for like love? Said, <laughs> a, lo- a lot of love and yeah. a lot of garlic. <laughs> <laughs> it's true to the name, people. It's not yeah. MSG, it's not powder, it's actual garlic, <laughs> no, no, imported it's real garlic. garlic yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> switching gears a little bit because the, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is that Lebanon is kind of like on the mainstream media a lot recently. And clearly, since the last year and since the blast and all of that, so, first of all, explain to people like us who are not Lebanese, what the fuck happened at the harbor? We don't know till now. Yeah, that's right. the problem. We only, is, we've only seen the footage of just that boom. That's yeah, it. but it looks like a nuclear blast. Uh, yeah, they were. They, this is their big. It was the first test of our nuclear bla- uh, bomb <laughs> created in Lebanon. <laughs> well, I don't know what happened. It uh, just uh, goes back to. Uh, accumulation of years of mismanagement and corruption in the country so this is what you get at the end right but what what are the things do you watch the news a lot or are you kind of disconnected from well the news haven't changed for, for me it haven't changed for maybe 10 15 years the right same it's always the same story right yeah, yeah. So, they, so the only thing that changes is like more, I know that more people are leaving the country because mm. they can't take it anymore. Yeah. Right. no future uh, no nothing I mean basically the country is losing a lot of uh, it's uh, basic. Uh, yeah, all the talented people are out. All the yes. young generation don't want to be there anymore. Correct. So, so it's th- gonna eventually, just people are gonna just give up and just walk away. And eventually, the com- because the country needs people to kind of build it up again. Because now it's in like in real bleeding state. It know? is. It is. Yeah. And I it, mean, many many Lebanese, like uh, especially doctors, the past uh, four five months, mm. we've been losing every month around thousand plus uh, medical staff. That's crazy. From doctors to nurses to specialists, everyone. To, uh, by losing, you mean they are leaving or dying? No, no, they're leaving, leaving, okay. leaving for, for better opportunities. For a place with only else. 3 million people. That's right. Like yes. A thousand per month. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's like a whole country. It's much bigger than Hong Kong as a yeah. city. Yeah. And it's like less than half the population. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. But then, have you, do you have friends over there? Well, you have the two sisters. I, that I still have two sisters. But how, like, what are they up to? Like, do they have thoughts about leaving? Or yes, that's the plan for the future because they still have kids yeah. going to school. Yeah. But the minute they decide to go study for university, 
I think their first choice will be to leave the country and study abroad. Fair enough. Because, like, I mean, bringing the kids, especially when they're teenagers and stuff, is really hard to suddenly pull them out of a place and yes, then restart correct, life. Yeah. So it has a big impact on I mean, it, I guess in many ways it's parallel to what's happening in Hong Kong. A lot of families are leaving here as well just because mm-hmm. they can't take it anymore. You know, they've given up or maybe lost hope or just don't want this environment anymore to live in for their kids as well. So would you say that over there in Lebanon, the, the people who are there, are there two types? The type that just like, oh, whatever, you know, this is life, I'm used to it. or And they've all depressed and stuff or at the type where they just don't have the choice to leave is it most of that uh, well sometimes yes because pe- some some of them they just don't care anymore they, this is the life for them yeah it's gotten used to and it, some yeah. of them they're not able to leave and they want to leave but they have many things uh, restricting their uh, leaving mm. uh, money sometimes yeah. visa not easy to get yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so these are two main things that they are stopping them from leaving as soon as they can. Wow. Uh, was anyone held accountable for the harbor blast? Well, so far the uh, investigation came up with a list of uh, people involved in that mm. because that thing goes back to 2013, right? When the shipment arrived in Lebanon and mm. was stored. What was the shipment made of? Like, what was well. I'm made of ammonium nitrate. Okay. And, which, uh, which is like basically the uh, main compound of explosives right. or uh, bombs. <laughs> yeah. What was it? What was it originally intended for? Like, what was what was the use of it? Well, they they said the shipment was came to Lebanon as fertilizer. Okay. Passing through Lebanon, going somewhere in Africa. Okay. And because of mechanical the problems of the ship, they mm. had to keep it in Lebanon. Okay. And. Stayed in Lebanon since that time until the explosion happened in 2020. Wow, that is crazy to have that stuff sitting there <laughs> yes. all these years. Obviously, <laughs> so they're aware of it, and there is what negligence basically. Must is yes, negligence, negligence. Yeah, uh, yeah. mismanagement, uh, corruption could be for other reasons as well. Stayed yeah. there in Lebanon because Lebanon also is surrounded by uh, areas or countries wh- which are at war, and anyone can go in and out of it. Without, yeah, without control. And I'm I'm guessing probably it was like <coughs> this, there must be some underhanded deal or understanding where we keep all the stuff over here, the, all the dangerous stuff we keep it over there. And should you guys need access to it, you can talk to us. We might make a deal together. Yes, that, it I must think be that's, that. Because some experts said the quantity that came to Lebanon was uh, almost over two thousand five hundred thousand tons. Yeah. And some experts said what exploded is less than seven hundred thousand ton. Wow. That so is... it could be like that difference. Mm. Smuggled somewhere, yeah, sold right. Someone. It was sold to someone. So, yeah. well, I don't know. I mean, but then now that, like, now that you're in Hong Kong, you've been here for so long. Does it still, like, you know, bother you a lot? The news back at home in Lebanon. I mean, putting aside family being over there, I'm just saying in general, because like a lot of people, you know, they live somewhere else for long enough. Kind of the news and stuff that's happening at home is kind of disconnected, where they feel like, oh, well, you know, home's always been a mess anyway. But I'm glad I'm over here. Do you still have that same connection where you're like, oh, I cannot believe this is still going on back home? Or you kind of yeah, like true. That's what I. You are right. I don't. I still can't believe that people after so many years still believe things are coming uh, one day to be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without yeah. doing anything, basically. So that's why seeing all these politicians who've been in power for the past fifty years. Yeah. They're just gonna die on the chair they're sitting in. The same thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they're not. They haven't changed anything. The only thing they would change is just they were gonna pass it on to their children. Yeah. And their children will gonna carry on with the same policies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it's people m- making the same mistakes and expecting different results, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I don't see any changes coming before we change the whole uh, group of politicians we have. But I think, would you say it's also part of the culture? It's kind of like that, that thing where when you grew up and you watched all these politicians do it a certain way, and when you get into that position, you kind of get automatically like, well, they did it. They they corrupted. I mean, what, what's my turn now? Do you have a lot of? Because a lot of people, what they will have is that, like, like parents. You know, you grow up watching your parents, sla- you know, slap you as a kid. When you become a parent, you start slapping your kids because you automatically think that's how it was for me. Why should I let it go for you? Right? Do you do you see that pattern over and over again? So I was reading a bit about the news about Lebanon, and I just noticed that the pattern would be, you know, someone comes in with good intentions, and you know, it just takes a short period of time, and they're like, oh, this system is so corrupt, but mm. I could totally enjoy this. So screw you guys. I got here through my hard work. I'm going to enjoy this. Do you feel that that pattern will never change? Yes, I think so. Because there is a greed involved inside that. Mm. Uh, 
why why should I work uh, and when I can get easy money from doing that thing? Yeah, like being but corrupted I mean, or something. But then, because like if you look at it, the the government system, it, religion has a big part in the whole politics as well, right? Yeah, I think we have a bad example of. Uh, yeah, because like what I find, <laughs> don't yeah. follow our example. Yeah, yeah, because like what I find a lot of times when it comes to religion, usually there's some sort of corruption going on, but it's covered mm. by the term religion, and automatically it just sounds like oh well, you know, I mean, he is it's for the right, he's doing the right thing, you know, because mm. he's religious. So do you find that that power, when people get into the position that they've got that veil of, I'm due to my religion, so therefore we do this, do you think that that is the main cult, I mean, reason of causing this problem all the time? Because I find that when people have an excuse of like, well, it's, I'm, I'm, it's a religion, so you know, I'm a religious, so it's okay for me to take some of this money. You know, I'm a, I'm, God told me it's okay. Do you feel that that is the main cause? Because what I see, that's a pattern that I'm noticing. Well, this can be a starting point where you can protect the uh, benefits of your group or community or religion. Mm. But what happened is, is we ad- after 50 years, when you find the same people in the s- same position talking about the same thing, and they're not changing, mm. basically they're getting wealthier. Yeah. That's, that tells you there is something wrong going on. Yeah. It's not like you are coming here to protect our community or the benefits or rights of our community. We are yeah. coming here to get richer. Yeah, it's my turn. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So if we don't see any changes in the faces in power, I think this is still corruption. No matter what religion you come from or no matter what they're talking about, yeah. the protecting rights or no rights, it's still they, they, we're talking about corruption or corrupted people who have been in power for long enough to, to see all the, these disasters happening. Yeah. One so, of the things that I found fascinating about uh, Lebanon when I was researching it is that after the the civil war basically the constitution is done in a way when the president has to be christian the prime minister has to be muslim yes uh, i think sunni or shia one of them and then there is another big figure that has to be the other yes. side of the muslim yeah you have to me that's just insane because you're already forcing a position to be a certain like secular or a certain yes. cult even and then the people are going to support that no matter what. And they're going to keep voting him in instead of what, who is actually capable of doing the job. How, how did that come about? Like I said, this is a bad example that we set for democracy in the area because mm. Lebanon considered as a democratic country. Yeah, we actually look up to you guys. Like in Egypt, everyone looking at Lebanon... Except for the last few years, <laughs> agree. <laughs> we look at you as like the you know the secular, like kind of like liberal, uh, you know, haven of the Middle East, like the the, the country that we all want to be like, where like the the liberties are just respected, people, uh, personal freedoms are respected. A lot of these things that even in Egypt, which is considered also quite liberal society, is not anywhere close. When I went to Lebanon, I'm like, this is as close to Europe as it can be in the Middle East. So how uh, why is it not working? Because basically it's not it's not founded on a good uh, good thing. Mm. It's not it doesn't have a good foundation. So mm. what they're showing basically is what they want you to see. Mm. But behind that there's nothing uh, true of that. Mm. If you go and talk to anyone from different mm. uh, ethnic mi- minority I mean from uh, any religion mm. they will tell you that they have a lot of conflict and problems inside their community. Because if you're not part of the closed circle of the people in charge, basically you have no chance to do anything. Yeah, they won't talk to you. You have no job, you have no future, you you don't get anything. Mm. So you have to leave. That's why you see the young people who are leaving Lebanon are from different groups, not just from one group. Because you're all facing the same problems. You are not part of the circle. Yeah. You basically have no chance to do anything. So the, the president, just as an <coughs> example, the president always has to be Christian by, by law. Yes, by institu- that's, that's the yeah. institution, yeah. And how many... Constitution. Uh, yeah. How many, uh, like what's the, the percentage of Christian population in, in Lebanon? Well, now there is no correct figures about the percentage of any community because things are changing, p- things are kept in in secret because you don't want to show uh, right. who's minority or majority. Right, because that's already tense. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that was basically when we got the independence. The Christians were a bit the majority of the population, mm-hmm. almost over 50%. Yeah. And within, uh, after the war, during the civil war in 75 till 1990, mm. less and less Christians stayed in Lebanon. Mm. They were going abroad. 
not because of the war. It's the same thing because of if you're not from that circle, you can't get anything. Yeah, so, yeah. so war divided basically Lebanon into different regions and uh, where every region control its area. Right. And same, what happened uh, uh, on the level of politicians and proper government was happening uh, at the level of uh, warlords and militias. So if you're not part of the militia that time, yeah. you can't get anything. I think it's really interesting, though, like a group like Hezbollah, who are, you know, considered not, I wouldn't say extremists, but are considered pretty conservative, are still working hand in hand with the government that they consider on their, on the inside as infidels. But they still want to work with them on the politics le level to keep Lebanon going, I guess, or to keep their interest going. Yeah, that's for sure, to keep their interest going. That's right, why so it's they not are, to keep have, Lebanon no, no, going. Uh, there is a common interest. Going right. on between all these parties. I feel like Lebanon needs like a Batman. <laughs> Just to come in and wipe it clean, you know, like all right. Yes, we we need we need <laughs> we need a miracle. <laughs> yeah. You need Two a, of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you need someone who says I'm I believe in all types of gods, I'm a Christian and Muslim. It's like, whoa, look at that mixed religion person. But then you, you made a great point though, is that yeah. like there are some people who go into power with the good intentions yeah. and they found the system so set up for corruption that they, they decide that they're like, Oh fuck, I'm just gonna abuse that. Yes. And I don't care about the people. Yeah, because I mean, that's basically what I've been noticing whenever I was reading about the whole situation is that no matter what happens is that pattern is the same. They get into the position, they might claim I'll do A and B and C. And we know you say you do 10 things, you do two, that's all you're going to do. But then you then you don't just not do the other eight. You end up doing the opposite of the other eight, mm. you know. And then like you see, because like, yeah, when you go, it's kind of like, you know, when you walk into the system and you're like, you mean, you mean I could just press a button and solve my problems? Right. I never knew that was even a choice. But now that I can, I mean, well, so I hurt 10 people, who gives a shit? Mm. You know, I'm, I'm walk away. So I think that's the temptation. And also, like I said, the coverage of religion mm. saying, you know, but I'm a, I'm a re religious person. It's got religion. So you feel a bit more like, hey, I'm doing the right thing. You know, right. I worked so hard to get this position. God's gifting me this ability to benefit off of the system as well. Mm. And that's why it's a recurring thing, I would feel. So what I'm saying is that would you say that the best way to do this is literally like a hard reset? Like yes, yes, we need right? that. We need yeah, that. like you need like basically a flooding Noah's Ark kind of reset. Because it's it's mostly old politicians who are still in power. Yeah, so the they system. still have the mentality of like uh, I rule. Yeah, mm. I don't care who st who stays alive or not. Yeah, I mean it, it's much like the traditional family where it's always like respect your elders and you end up always being that old school mindset. Yes, right? that's exactly where, like, what's whatever, happening in Yeah, Lama. whatever the grandparents said, that's how it is. And then it's a recurring thing because when you become a grandparent, you're like, well, my grandparents did that to me. So I do that. So it's the same thing. So when you see a hard reset, would you would you have a, 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 a an example of some place that you're like, oh, if we did something like that, that might, that might work for Lebanon in general? Like, I mean, democracy, yes. But I mean, like if we say, let's say in India, right? It's, it's the world's biggest de de democracy. But they've got like, they, it's a democracy, yes. You can vote and everything. But the truth is behind it, it's still all, all religious-based. Yes. You know, yes. so that mm -hmm. issue is still there. W do you have any examples of some place that you think like, oh, they did a good job. You know, if we had something similar that might work. Do you have any thoughts of that? Well, I, I think uh, we just, we don't need to, be, to follow so much the religion. Ah. Right. Okay, okay. Because in the name of religion, we are destroying the country. That's basically yeah. what's happening in Lebanon. Yeah. Okay. We have so many skilled and talented people or right, uh, they, are, they fit for any role in, in politics in Lebanon, hmm. but basically they're not given the chance. The yeah. minute they try to enter into politics, yeah. they're attacked by everyone, by enemies or friends, because yeah. you're taking my place. Mm. Can we? You know, we should we should have like a like a game show kind of thing. Like, put all the politicians and see who's the most authentic. Like, who? Yeah, knows but they the do that in the U.S. It's called uh, debate. Yeah, the, the debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's like proper like debate. I'm talking about a proper game show with sound effects and everything. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. all right, and yeah. like trivia quiz and all that. Because I feel a lot of politicians they'll claim to be like, I love this place. This is my home and everything. But they don't know that much about the real situation of things. You know, like I mean, I'm sure they don't really know what's really going. I mean, well, they know what's going on. Like, for example, the currency exchange issues that they have. Yes. They know that okay, this is actually bullshit. Okay, having multiple currency exchanges and everything—it's actually we all—it's obviously on the table that mm. you can see. Like having that multiple choice is like, come on, are you telling me we're not going to abuse this? This is going to happen. Like someone's going to get the benefit of a better exchange rate, the other's not going to. Whereas like, if we put them on like on the spot where like like the debates, like the U.S. debates, yeah. where they have to put on the spot, but not based in Lebanon, because in Lebanon they have the power to maybe like you know execute whoever did that to them. Can, would you say that if they were taken out of the country to a place to kind of get through this, uh, this game show and ask all those questions where they don't have the benefit of like people protecting them, would you think that that way 
it would be like a kind of a filter where you can't bullshit your way anymore. Would you say that? So in other words, basically like how the politicians claim to say A and B and C, right? But yes. that's because they're in a place that they're comfortable and they have people protecting them. Mm. So they can say all the bullshit. But would you say that if they were put in a position where they have no protection and they have to answer those questions truthfully, do you think that that way would filter all these kind of liars or the, the, the fake uh, loyal yeah, people? Yeah, immediately, immediately. Because uh, like I said, they are protected. They, they brainwashing all these uh, people around them. To believe them. To believe mm-hmm. them, yes. Yeah, exactly. So once you take them out, they have no followers, no believers. Yeah. And they will just uh, vanish. Because like, see, so th- that's the thing. Is, like, I was looking at the patterns. Is basically like they, whenever they say something that's controversial, mm. okay, they will say it. Um, and if you don't believe me, but I'm a devout Christian, Mm. Like, do you think I would lie to you? They're like, yeah, we would never lie to ourselves, right? right. Why would we do that? And bam, they've got the message across. You know, so like you said, religion is the first thing. But I think the second thing is also the, the system itself needs to filter better. Because, like, it's so easy to just say, I'm going to come in and do A and B and C. And when you get in, there's no, there's no way to kind of stop them. There's, mm. no, there's, no, you know, there's no check check and balance. No, no, no. Yeah. So That's when, why we're having so many problems now coming up. Yeah. Um, after so many years. And nobody is being charged for any of those uh, uh, yeah, crimes. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. They I, need they need to have a Chris to kind of eat the kebabs all day. And be like, <laughs> this is shit. This is trash. Yeah. Just throw that out. You know? Actually, yeah. That gets me to our next point. Uh, we obviously can, you know, kind of see Lebanon on the news right now a lot. But what is the situation on the ground in Lebanon these days? Because obviously, have family and friends there. Like, how bad? And what is the situation like? Like, are people are there big shortages in supermarkets? Like, are people getting like they can't afford? I, I was reading stuff about like no medicine is available. It's super expensive. Yeah, shortages everywhere in medicine and in, uh, in goods, groceries. Yeah, and the prices are going up day by day. Like, you never know what you're gonna be able to buy the next day. Right. Because, like, for example, our U.S. dollar rate. Uh, jump from 19,000 and within 20 hours w- jump up to 23,000 which is crazy because the official rate is 1,500 yes yeah. so that's insane it's a beautiful place if you look if you read the news it's a beautiful place <laughs> right <laughs> but reality is uh, terrible okay wow. so are, are people uh, like if I have let's say 10,000 US dollar in the bank am I able to go get, take them out or no uh, no no this started uh, like in 2019 mm. kind of a capital control you can't withdraw any wow. of your cash even if you bank. have your own money like even if it's your money and it's sitting in the bank you right. can't just look at it but you can't touch it but wow. if you exchange it to lira obviously you can Yes, but the rate at the banks is different than the black market. So basically, if you want to exchange to lira, you're losing a lot. Right. Wow. So it's basically uh, Lebanon defaulted on their on their uh, debt to, yes. to the internal debt, right? Internal and exter- uh, external as well. So it's basically a dysfunctional economy at this point. It is because we are basically now you can't export anything. Right. And, and the harbor is fucked. Yes. Which uh, you would badly need it to even import stuff in. And more and more damage is happening in the, at the seaport because they haven't rebuilt anything destroyed last year. So there has been a year already. Yes. And on the 4th of July, August will be one year anniversary. Right. Wow. So, so they, they haven't, haven't really rebuilt re- anything. So what was uh, still in operation is basically now collapsing. Right. Is it because uh, they don't have the money to or is it again back to corruption and all no, this shit? No money. No uh, for it, and then uh, the the place is a crime scene, so they can't touch it, change much. Yeah, but who's fucking investigating? Nobody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so don't cr- touch it until we tell you, and that's why things are uh, going downhill now. Yeah, but then you also have almost a million Syrian refugees. Um, more than that. And we have Palestinian and we have some Iraqis that nobody mentioned them any <laughs> time. But that means that this is a country just like as a layman, this is like heading straight to a massive crisis. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Like when everything, when the lira, when just in, from my very basic economic education, if your black market and official rate are that different, that's a dysfunctional economy, that's for sure. But on top of that, you have a harbor that is not working your economy already depends on a lot of imports. Yes. And and most of your talent are leaving the country. How the fuck do you go out of this mess? Is there? A, let me ask it in another way. Is there a figure where Lebanese people can look at and be like, that's our guy? 
not uh, none of those uh, politicians at the moment oh, are clearly are, not the politicians so but is there someone among maybe even a social media figure someone who has who has a vision to is like you know what i mean like people rallying people up around them well uh, uh, there is also one thing in lebanon that uh, most of our uh, decision making in lebanon is basically given from outside mm. So every group in Lebanon, every party is following some super a powers somewhere. So the influence is Iran. Uh, the influence is Saudi Arabia, France, the, the West. Yeah, the West. Yeah, any, any anyone. So any figure trying to get involved, if he doesn't get the support from the outside, right, they will get blocked basically. Exactly. But okay. So I don't know why Le- Lebanon was chosen to be a ring for all these fighters and battles in the world. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, so basically, whenever they have problems anywhere in the world, you see the fight starting in Lebanon. We don't know why. So it's it, would you say just like a proxy territory for other countries? Yes. Yes. Okay. D- would you th- say that it would change a bit if the Syrian crisis gets kind of like solved, or is that not going to affect Lebanon? I don't anyway? think anytime soon is going to be solved in Syria because right. they, they started something that uh, with no end with it. Right. Uh, every now and then you can have a new uh, extremist uh, group coming out and saying, okay, we want to get all, rid of all these infidels in power everywhere. Yeah. So you can solve it. You, maybe you can have a break from it, but it's not going to stop. Wow. wow. That, is, that is heavy, man. You know what is not heavy? <coughs> Your kebabs. Yes. <laughs> 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 <Some> vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew I'm going to go too deep into politics, so thanks for catching that. Yeah. Um, no, like, wow, while you guys were talking, I was just yeah. looking at, like, the different reviews that you have on Open Rice. And, like, Ooh, nice. Yeah, I was just Googling Beirut Bistro. Just to let everybody know, Beirut Bistro is available, uh, pretty much it says officially until 2 in the morning, but hey, if you just walk down there, I'm pretty, pretty sure yes, Chris yes. is still we eating at 4 in the morning. We won't let anyone go hungry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so going down there it's basically on linda's terrace number 39 on the ground floor you'll see them sitting in the corner nice open kind of area yes and the one thing that the reviews keep saying is that nice to chat at people yeah, are very easy talk chat. place yeah easy you talk go, you can always make friends there yeah exactly i mean so if that's not another with thing me with others yeah but make sure you get something first <laughs> like don't yeah. just go sit there and start <laughs> talking you actually like. have an amazing talent uh, <laughs> that i i think a lot of people point out to you you never forget someone's name if you met them once only friendly people <laughs> no, that's not, that's not really true. I have hung out with you long enough to see you just, you're like, when someone, you, you mentioned their name and then they leave and you're like, this person came here five years ago once. Yes. Yeah. How, how do you, I know obviously if you're sitting on the same corner every day and you're kind of seeing the same people pass by, you might remember people, but it's a special talent. You don't really forget anyone's name. Uh, yeah, and it became part of the job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to keep true. good, good, good relationship yeah, yeah. with the most the, important thing is to remember who's their girlfriend, though. Like, oh, after, you know, yes, but I don't. Back, I can't like, say oh, it. Uh, that's actually true. You must know a lot about like sometimes. Your yeah, I know. I end up knowing too much and get getting surprised all <laughs> yeah. the time. Like, wow, this. Guy okay, is, tell us some juicy stuff yeah. without names, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. But tell us like some. Okay, obviously, I've been on the same corner for X number of years. You must have seen some rowdy stuff around you or crazy stuff, relationship, you know, fighting, all that kind of stuff. Tell us a couple of fun stories and then we'll end it there. Well, normally let's start with some drunk people. Yeah, <laughs> when they come there and. I can see they were they are drunk, and I say no, no more alcohol, just food. Right. And then uh, they will see someone next to them drinking a beer. They will grab his beer and drink <laughs> <laughs> without asking anyone. Right. Because uh, they need alcohol. They don't care about food. Yeah. Right. So and you will see that everyone is like, "What? That's my beer." And sometimes that might start a fight. Right. Yeah. Because they don't like it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people will be laughing at it, which is uh, fun. I'm yeah. just curious, how many people have you seen when they're eating your food end up eating the foil that covers it as well? Well, some, at one time, someone almost choked on the tissue, the paper Ooh. tissue, because <laughs> he was so hungry, he, was, he kept eating until he put the tissue and I asked him to stop. Yeah. And he told me, he asked me why. I said, you take out what you have. Yeah. And he saw a big tissue. Paper. <laughs> this in is his the power mouth. of your garlic sauce. Makes yeah. tissue taste good already. Exactly. <laughs> I, th- I think that was the power of the alcohol he was having. <laughs> well, did you uh, did you see some of your regulars like bring like like do you know they have a girlfriend or a wife and then they bring their their other 
the oh, yeah, other yeah, piece around. We saw that sometimes. You see them winking like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so oh, yeah, yeah. So you say, hi, a long time no see you. Yeah. How are you? That's basic uh, question, nothing yeah, deep. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, exactly. No deep question. No. <laughs> yeah. And then you see them with their actual wife or their girlfriend yes, the next say, time. Yeah, 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 how hey. are you? Long time no see. What happened? How's yeah. it? How are the kids and everyone? <laughs> Did you ever Beautiful. get in trouble for saying the wrong thing to someone? Uh... Uh, no, it was uh, funny because, uh, you, like as you mentioned, I yeah. remember fa- uh, names yeah. Yeah. and faces. Yeah. For sure. So one guy came over and I said his name. And yeah. His wife was said, "Wow, well, so you are regular here. That's why you tell me you're not coming to oh. home early." Oh. So he said, "No, no, I came here only once with the other guy, and yeah. he remember. It seems like he remember my name." Right. So the lady did not believe him. Mm. Yeah. And I saw them like maybe three weeks later together. So I sent. I said her name. Yeah. He said, "Wow." You really do remember yeah. names. Yeah. She looked at her husband like he was like innocent. Yeah. <laughs> he was you cleared say, from. Say, yeah. Immediately he tips you a hundred bucks. He's like, yeah, you yeah. saved me, man. You saved me. Yeah. Now they like it because they know that whenever I mention someone's name coming yeah. in, when yeah. they come in and they say, yeah, this happens a lot to us before. And yeah. So wow. it, makes it, it makes it fun. It, I it, like people are feel at ease when they, you know, yeah. when you call their, their names, yeah. basically. You can make them calm down, especially when they are kind of tipsy or aggressive a little bit. Yeah. Call their names and they will calm down because they don't know why you na- you know their names. Maybe you know their boss. Maybe you know someone closer yeah, to them. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So they freak out and you yeah. have to kind of like calm them down that yeah. you're just being nice. So say their name and then this. everything goes smooth. I wish we had the budget to have like music on this channel, like say my name, say my name. <laughs> but we can't, we can't afford it. So no, we'll, okay. we'll leave it at that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Man, thank you so much for coming on. That was such a pleasure. I've wanted to do this for a while. I really, you know, on a bit of a serious note, Lebanon is one of my favorite countries ever to visit. And it's such a shame what is happening there. And obviously it's a clusterfuck and we only touch the surface. Uh, but I, I, I hope there's a miracle coming somehow. We do. We believe in miracles. One day. One day, my friend. Thank you so much. See you at Beirut Bistro. Thank you.